morning, and welcome to HR Examiner's Executive Conversations. I'm your host, John Sumser. Today, we're going to be talking with Beth White, who is the founder and CEO of MeBeBot, an Austin-based AI chatbot company. And she's a remarkable blend of HR experience and software development experience. You don't find a lot of people as smart as Beth is about this stuff. Morning, Beth. How are you? Good morning, John, and thank you for having me on your show today. I appreciate it. Yeah, so why don't you take a minute and introduce yourself, um, um, tell people how you got here. Well, thanks, John, and I appreciate those kind words. And as you discussed, you know, I have a unique background as I did start my professional career out in HR, and I worked for over 15 years in a variety of roles from HR to recruiting. So I really did see the whole, as- you know, end-to-end aspects of, of HR as a profession and had a wonderful opportunity to work for some great companies from both Fortune 100 all the way down to lots of, you know, technology startups here in Austin. And in fact, I actually moved here at the the height of the whole dot-com boom, which was a very fun time uh, in Austin. And having been a headhunter recruiter for a few years, I I actually transitioned my career into sales. And and I did sell solutions, technology solutions, into the retail industry, which was going through a lot of challenges at the time. I mean, retailers have been struggling to compete with the likes of the Amazon and other e-commerce retailers. But when technology and innovations were provided to them in their hands and their stores to kind of pull together different channels, you know, they were able to see themselves kind of come to another level. And over the years, I've just always kept my eyes on HR. You know, I have a you know, true place in my heart for people and the quality of the work-life balance. And so I really wanted to take some of these lessons learned of how technology was impactful on the retail industry in, in helping it in positive direction and apply some of the things that I was seeing as far as technology is concerned new and, and of the moment today to HR, um, you know, having kind of left the day-to-day life of an HR person in around 2010, you know, I hadn't seen many changes, you know, in, in some of the technology tool sets. So I really feel like, you know, now's the time that HR uh, could be a little bit more disruptive. And so I did found MeBeBot to really drive that intersection between the HR profession and bring some of the tools that are within AI technology um, and actually leverage it for multiple benefits for both not only HR but employees within side organizations. So what does the company do? Great question. So, again, with the HR background, you know, I really, you know, found a bot with the, the idea of helping HR to alleviate some of the pains that they have so that they can really be more productive and have time to focus on some of the strategic initiatives that provide more value to the organization. And so in, in looking at how we could, we could accomplish that goal, which is a pretty lofty one, uh, we, we introduced our first product, which is called the HR Talk Bot, and a, it's a virtual assistant for HR that actually allows employees to get answers to their frequently asked questions 
using messaging or chatbot technologies that are actually within their current flow of work, so tools that they use to collaborate with each other. And so we've designed a solution that really does allow that busy HR professional to create and customize their own virtual assistant for their company in just a matter of days so that they, they can then realize the time-saving benefits and immediate um, value as well as, you know, see, you know, cost savings along the way. And we, you know, are st not just stopping there. We're really thinking about, you know, capturing some of this real-time in employee engagement information that HR can learn and use um, to direct future initiatives such as training and development programs, um, other strategic uh, aspects of the complicated talent acquisition and retention. Um, so, you know, we're really thinking through how we can take some of the current and existing HR processes and, and um, think about them in different ways. You know, agile performance re review process, helping expedite the benefits enrollment process, things that, you know, as a former HR professional are, are very time intensive and um, just really don't seem to address some of the needs that the employees have or the organization. So that's where we're at today. So, so you're a chatbot company, yes? Well, chatbot chat is the user front-end system. However, we are leveraging a lot of the powers of AI technology and natural language processing, which produces data. And data is very powerful, and there's some pretty cool things that we can accomplish and utilize data for to help HR have more real-time visibility into their employees and, and engage with them in unique ways. So can you explain to me how so, that works? So, um, um, so you've, got a, you've got a chat bot, and it answers questions that if the company has a frequently asked questions list would be in the frequently asked questions list. How does it collect data above and beyond that? Are there survey modules right. or? Right. Okay. So, well, today, so you, you, you get a question answered and you take a survey and that's the data that you create. Is that right? That, that is true. However, HR has not had that data before in a real-time fashion. So sure, they have employees that ask them questions as they walk by their desks or send them emails. But a lot of HR teams have never really aggregated that data to look at what it what it shows. So having a chatbot be a front end on a daily basis, we can produce reports, and the reports are able to show the types of questions being asked by employees and and the answers being given in an automated fashion. And if you correlate some of that data, you can see, wow, you know, we had a lot of employees asking questions about, for example, the 401k plan. And, you know, perhaps it's time to do some additional education and training on how people enroll in the 401k plan, how they choose investment options, um, you know, bettering, you know, some of these things that may be speaking points to employees, but HR has never really looked at it from a kind of a higher perspective. And it sounds small and simple, John, but... Um, you know, HR has been living in what we call autopsy data for years. You know, you're analyzing information after the fact. And to have a little bit more visibility, even if it's small for now, of employees and, and what, they're, what they're, you know, questioning, meaning, you know, they need more information or you weren't 
clear as an HR team and how to describe that employee benefit or the performance appraisal process, et cetera, it, it can provide value. So when you get this set up, what percentage of questions can the system answer correctly? Well, that's you know kind of a loaded question because you're asking what percentage of questions that an employee asks, understanding that this tool is to be utilized for their frequently asked questions. It, it's an iterative process. We have our core product that has over 150 um, commonly asked HR questions. And we allow the employer or the HR administrator of our product to go in and actually customize those questions to fit their business needs, as well as add additional questions that they receive that are common to their organization. So the setup of the solution is such that we feel that on initial launch, we can capture about 60 to 75% of the initial questions being asked, but that's the beauty of the solution is if an uh, employee asks a question that we do not have an answer for, instead of turning them into uh, providing a, a wrong answer, we simply say, I'm sorry, I'm still learning. However, our HR team will take a look at your question, and we are constantly growing you know, our knowledge base to become smarter and more helpful to you. So we do address that, and we get to a point where we can really hone in on our, our clients' needs and get to a point where at this point with a, a specific client, we, we're probably running at about 90% accuracy after just several months. Yeah, I don't, I, that, that, I don't believe, that I don't believe. The experts that, that I talk to say 80% is about the maximum you can achieve because colloquial language makes it so difficult to actually understand the questions that are being asked. So I'd buy that you can get to 80%. But then the, the really interesting thing is that, is that an automated tool that's 80% effective is, may not be ready for prime time. So, so let's, let's say you get this ultimately to whatever your maximum effectiveness is. Let's not debate the claim, mm -hmm. but, but let's say you get this to ultimate effective. What does the structure look like that, that you have to put in place to manage this so that employees don't come away with a system that some percentage of the time gives no answer or the wrong answer. You set the expectation that there's going to be a fast response. What does the client have to do to make sure that the questions that aren't covered or aren't answered effectively get answered at the same pace? Right. And we do not set expectations that from day one this is going to solve all your HR question needs, right? We also do let our HR teams know that you do have to have a dedicated resource and perhaps a backup resource who monitors and manages the daily output of the questions being asked and answered so that we can track um, on a regular basis what may be missed or answered um, a question that's not in, in our knowledge base. So it is a new role within the HR team. Um, it currently takes about 30 minutes of a person's time per day to actually analyze that data. And we do a train-the-trainer approach. So, you know, we, I believe in HR, um, I don't want to have people, you know, always needing to call me the bot 
to do these types of things. We show them how to collect this information and we work with them on how to add these, this content into their system and how to better the responses that employees are um, asking to questions, especially like you say, it is natural language processing. And we, you know, have users who sometimes have, are asking questions in English, but it may not be their native language. So, you know, we're working through and understanding those types of, of scenarios. And, and the more you train your model, the, the better it gets. Um, so we set expectations, I think, very clearly. But let me tell you, John, a lot of my HR friends who have been living in the weeds for so many years um, and don't seem to be able to get out from under some of these types of repetitive tasks are happy, even if they have to spend 30 minutes to an hour every day to refine and, and develop a smarter virtual assistant for their employees. I appreciate that, but that's not the question I ask. The question I ask is, there's some amount of work that the system doesn't do. In the beginning, as you said, 40% of the questions don't get answered. Um, and so my question is, what does HR have to do to meet the expectation that you set by installing this, that questions will be answered effectively and quickly? That, you know, so, so the person who does the analysis of what didn't get answered um, they better be doing it real time because somebody needs to answer that question. You've set the expectation that the question is going to be answered real time. And so now that you've got a place where you can go to ask questions, what does the staffing look like for the people who answer the questions that aren't answered by your product? Right. That's and I believe I did answer. Yeah, no, I did answer that question is, is one HR person's time at about 30 minutes to an hour per day. But, but John, we're all consumers, all right? We all use Siri when Siri first came out. We have Google Home and Alexas in our, in our homes. And sometimes we, we kind of laugh at the responses that the, the tool may provide to a question that's maybe not really, you know, in, in that system, that system grew as well, right? So I think, you know, employees having been consumers and having leveraged, you know, smart technologies in their personal lives, you know, is not an excuse, but there's, there's an understanding that it is a learning process over time with machines, and they can be helpful. And we do see repeat users. We can actually track that data, too. So if someone had a bad answer, we, we can still see that people are coming back to the solution to get quick answers to their questions. And, um, this is and not I think Siri asking. This is not Siri, and I'm asking Siri to tell me a joke. This is an employee who wants to understand funeral-related benefits. And if there isn't an answer, and you've promised them a quick answer with the system, this isn't get used to it, the next time somebody dies, you can get a better answer. This is a, this is a critical system that involves people's expectations, right? And it involves people's um, hopes and dreams and opportunities. And, and so, so I, I, I kind of reject the idea that, that the learning standard of a Siri is something that you could bring into HR and go, well, get used to it because it's just you're going to train our tool just like you had to train the tools in the consumer world. I don't think that's how it works. 
Um, well, you know, John, you you haven't actually seen a demo of our product, and because of that, I think you may be missing an element that I've taken into consideration, and so as our development team, which is, you know, we are reverting, you know, we are directing people to some of the core policies and information that HR has that, frankly, is much easier to access than, than sending people to a SharePoint site and asking them to go find not only the employee handbook, but go find that paragraph on bereavement. Um, most employees are lost just even trying to find where the employee handbook lives. So we are a set way to providing that data, that search capabilities for HR information in a more streamlined fashion. Okay, so let's move on and go. Um, you, you certainly aren't inventing any technology at your company. So, so how do you use um, whatever the core pieces of AI are that you use? Are you a client of Amazon or Google for for the core AI stacks? Um, we are actually a client of Microsoft and really do enjoy using their tools and solutions. And you're right. Um, I think what we bring to the equation is the knowledge of HR as a profession and the types of questions that employees ask of HR that are written in a way that serves up well to chatbot dialogue. Um, however, we do, you know, have the power of great tools and systems and security etc. within Microsoft. We leverage the natural, like I've mentioned, natural language processing tool of Lewis, um, which is within Microsoft's umbrella. Um, and we, we serve it up to channels that employees, channels or chatbot messaging tools like Slack for business or Teams or Skype and our Slack or Skype for business and Slack. Uh, places that employees already live today, um, we can actually embed our chat within a SharePoint page or website as well. So we, again, we're not, you know, saying we're solving every problem for HR, but we are helping HR as our mission to uh, be able to get more strategic with their business and and have something, someone else, a virtual assistant, help alleviate some of the pain points in frequently asked questions. And we do it well. Uh, and we, we've had great use case examples, and we seem to get a lot of support from the HR community in this type of solution. The other thing we do is we really do provide this user interface portal that allows an HR person to, to select and customize a chatbot without expensive customization implementation fees, and we've pre-trained the data set to um, behave uh, well with the natural language processing, um, all for a fraction of the cost of, you know, many of the other solutions on the market today, and, and they can truly see a, a return on their investment immediately. So our goal is to help, again, HR get up and running on a path to AI in a quick uh, way. So how big is the company? Uh, we have our development team in Argentina, and then we have our, you know, supporting staff here in Austin, Texas. We are about 10 people strong, and uh, we feel like we are growing and evolving in a, in a very positive direction. Uh, very excited about all the different opportunities as well. 
Um, so you're in Austin. You're a little HR technology company. Um, the competition for talent in Austin is ridiculous. Um, how do you get people to come work for you? Well, John, having been a uh, recruiter <laughs> in Austin and, and, and frankly pretty well connected, I, I've been tapping a lot of the folks that I've worked with in the past, and I've had um, a lot of great experiences here, and you're right. I mean, Austin is, you know, the Austin I moved here to 20 years ago is, is not the same Austin today. You know, we have companies like Apple and Google and Facebook, you know, all, you know, hiring and pulling for the great talent. But what's great about MediaBot is, you know, people know that, you know, having, you know, our team has been through a number of different startup scenarios, some with successful exits, and we know what we've done well in the past, and, and we know our shortcomings, and we're trying to really put a great foundation in place to have strong culture. I mean, I do try to take some of the things I've learned as an HR professional and treat people with respect, provide interesting work, appreciate people for the work they have done, and they sound like trivial things, and, and I don't have, you know, the, the fancy office space with the, the, the ping pong tables and fully stocked kitchens, but there's a lot of us that just really want to work hard on a solution that we believe in. And, and we want to gather up as a team and, and do something that we think can be disruptive to an industry that needs a little bit of uh, refining. Interesting. So what do you think the big ethical issues are in your work? Well, there's a number of them. And, and, and trust me, I think when you're developing disruptive technologies, you do always have to question you know, the outcomes of the efforts you're making toward progress. So um, one of the big issues that I do hear people bring up and read about is, you know, this perception that AI, you know, replaces jobs. And I think that is, you know, true that some jobs may be eliminated, like, you know, truck driver with, with self-driving vehicles and retail store associates with kiosk technology and self-service checkout. But, you know, these are some of the same jobs today that are, are going unfilled, frankly, in our, in our low um, unemployment economy. Um, so, you know, the, the idea of, of, lack of loss of jobs uh, toward this user, utilizing te this technology. But what I think is it creates some really interesting new jobs. And, and I've had a lot of fun. Um, training HR people to understand concepts of machine learning. And I think that the role of machine learning, um, I think you heard it at the HR Tech Conference, data scientists, testers and trainers of this, those are going to be newly created positions and there will be more to come. Um, one of the other hot buttons are biases. And I do think that is an area that um, machines are trained by humans. And it is an aspect that we have to keep our finger on the pulse of, for sure. And I just read this fascinating article um, in the MIT Technology Review that was really breaking down what I'm sure many of your listeners have heard um, about the Amazon recruiting tool and how that solution um, chose attributes um, in a candidate's profile, utilizing gender and education level, years of experience, et cetera. But there's the concept of attributing weight 
to attributes as far as how weighted that will be in the overall decision that the this, the AI technology is is working towards. But it actually turns out like that when the engineers discovered that they were making this error, you know, and penalizing female candidates, they tried to reprogram it to ignore explicitly gendered words like women. But in, in reverse, it actually then then trying to revise the system, then they also really realized that there were other implicitly gendered words, verbs that were highly correlated with men over women, such as executed and, and captured. And using using that data to try to make decisions on candidates, you know, was impractical. And so they, it's just tricky. I mean, the bias issue is real, and hopefully machine learning um, will be a profession that's participated in by both men and women and people of various ethnic backgrounds so that we can really look for biases. And I think that the last issue that's really kind of a hot button to, to me and having come from an HR perspective is privacy and, and the, the data and the concept of Big Brother and what you do. I mean, as an HR person, I always very much respected individuals' privacy and confidentiality of information. And as we know, when we're employees and we go to work at a company, you know, we sign usually a use of computer policy and knowingly the, the, the company owns our computer that's provided and all the data associated. But data is very powerful. And what you choose and to use with that data has a lot of far-reaching impact. So I think, you know, for the better of the profession of human resources and and the big brother effect, um, that that requires a lot of, of caution. Yeah, I'd say caution, caution at the very least. So this has been a great conversation. Um, is there anything you want to make sure that somebody listening uh, takes away from the call? You know, I, I would love to show folks a demo of our solution because I know there are hesitations in the industry about getting started in AI and what that path needs to look like. But we do believe that this is a reliable solution that can help HR alleviate some of those administrative tasks, help them get out from under the weeds of the day-to-day role and be able to see the forest more. And so I encourage folks to come to our website, mebibot.com, follow us on LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter at HR Talkbot, and would love to have some more conversations and, and gain feedback and ideally more users. More users make these types of systems better. So, but thanks, John, for your time. I really appreciate the opportunity. It's been great. Thanks very much for being here. And you've been listening to HR Examiner's Executive Conversations, and we've been talking with Beth White, who is the CEO of MeetBeeBot. Thanks very much for listening in, and we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye now. (laughs) 